Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to In the Huddle. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Hope everybody had a great weekend, Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. It is a Monday. Welcome back. To Damon Cotton. You know, Damon, um, usually you don't know somebody's, like, true worth until they're no longer here. In your case, that wasn't the case. No, just kidding. In your case, that was definitely the case. So nothing, no disrespect to anybody, but there's only one Damon Cotton. Thank you for everything that you do, and I mean that even more today than I ever have. Although, we have some NBA stuff to talk about a little bit later, and we will get into that. Can't wait to get your thoughts on everything that happened in the NBA over the weekend. You know, somebody brought up um, Damon. I think it was, uh, I forget who it was, a couple of people. They were talking about, oh, the NHL uh, playoffs are so much better than the NBA this year. Blah, 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 you know, and I'm like, okay, let me take a look at the ratings. Oh my! I, okay, it might be better. I guess I I, I I like the NHL. I don't love the NHL. Um, but to sit here and say that it's so much better, the product is so much. Well, I'll tell you right now, that certainly isn't um, reflected in the numbers, the national numbers. I think if the if the Golden Knights were here in Las Vegas, they'd be doing you know selling like hotcakes right now. But they're not, unfortunately. But when you look at the national numbers, the NBA is just destroying the NHL. It's like millions to under a million on a nightly basis. So I don't get it. And I thought that there was some, even with blowouts yesterday, there was a blowout, obviously. The the Dallas Mavericks went into Phoenix and took care of business uh, against the Suns in a blowout. But it was still fascinating to watch, Devon. It was like, how bad can the Suns actually play? How good can Luka and um, you know his, his crew? And he got plenty of help, and that's what Luka needs uh, to go any further because they're up against it against the Golden State Warriors. But if Spencer Dinwiddie can play the way he did, and um, Jalen uh, Brunson. Brunson, who had a, a game, if those guys step up, then it's going to be a series, <laughs> you know. You know the, the you know Luke is going to do his thing. Uh, you know that some of the principal players from the Warriors are going to do their thing. It always lesson to everybody. It always typically comes down to the role players and who shows up because. And we're going to get into this a little bit later. But everyone's talking about how CP3 uh, and Devin Booker awakened the giant Luca. He was already crushing them to begin with. His numbers were just off the charts. What I think actually happened was it got his teammates motivated because that's when they turned. He was doing his thing. Uh, no one man wins in the NBA, uh, an NBA championship. We could go all the way back to Michael Jordan when he was 20. It took him until he was 27 years old to win a, for his first championship. He got bounced six straight years. It wasn't because he wasn't probably the best player on the floor many, many, many times in some of those series that they, the Bulls lost. He didn't have the right team around him. There were other better teams. That's no sin or anything like that. Um, LeBron James wasn't 
tw- he was 27 when he won his first NBA title. I had to leave Cleveland to go to Miami to get with a proper supporting cast. So, um, but it just shows you, it shows you that one guy doesn't get it done. And so what I thought the Suns actually did was they didn't awake Luca. He was already wide awake. It was the other guys, the supporting cast. And as they showed yesterday, when they played, Dallas is going to be a tough out. I'm not so sure that Spencer and those guys, I love Spencer Donut since he was in high school, can can replicate that on a consistent enough basis against the Warriors. Spencer Dinwiddie. And it, love he, Spencer. One, another thing that's curious about him, he got a contract incentive, an extra 500000 activated his contract by the Mavs reaching the conference finals. Nice. And I just think that that's, that's a real bet on yourself to have that in your contract. Yeah, without a doubt. it's like, hey, bro, you're on the Mavs. Right. And you're confident enough, hey, if we make it to the conference finals, that's an extra half a million exactly. for me. Woo. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing. I thought the uh, the Brooklyn Nets erred. And getting rid of him. like him, yeah, he would have been a great. Glue you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if they I mean, could have done it Brooklyn, financially. I don't know all the details with that. There had to have been some reason why they had to move on from a really good player like that. But if those guys can play the way they did, and everyone seemed to rally around the leader Luca uh, after everything that had happened with, um, we're going <laughs> to Marcellus Wiley was talking about this earlier today. All right, and I'm going to ask the question that he asked his co-host on his show. Okay, how good of a scorer is Devin Booker? A very, a very good score. Luca had more points than Devin in this series. How good of a rebounder is um, uh, Aiton? The six light. He's a double double guy. He yeah, averaged, he's a, he's a, he's a clearly every season he's been like over um, ten rebounds a game. Luca yes. had more rebounds in this series than he did. How good of a passer is Chris Paul? One of the best to ever do it. Luca had more assists in this series than Chris Paul. You know when I hear that, and I was stunned to hear that. That's when I start thinking about Magic, Bird, LeBron, Michael Jordan. Because those guys, that's what they did. They filled up every stat line. Every one of them. Uh, and, 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 and the great thing is, this is what I love about sports, professional basketball. If you look at LeBron, he's different than Michael Jordan. If you look at Michael Jordan, he's different than Larry Bird. If you look at Larry Bird, he's different than Magic. They, so, and Luka, obviously, is, is different than all of those guys. That's the great thing. It's there, it, it, You don't have to be just one or the other. There's so many different ways that you can be, that greatness can be, um, come, can come out. And Luca, to me, and we're going to get into this a little bit later, he's that guy. And uh, I think that he's that guy. I think John Morant is that guy. Now it's just a matter of their two teams, the Dallas Mavericks and the Memphis Grizzlies. Because to me, when I say that guy, I mean, can you build a championship team around that guy? And I think you could build a championship team around John ja Morant, and I think you could build a championship team around Luca. Uh, Luca, um, and we'll see. So we'll we'll see. But uh, it was really fascinating to watch what happened over the weekend uh, in the NBA. The Boston Celtics got to give them credit begrudgingly. They're back in the West in the Eastern Conference Finals. This is an organization that um, has you know they haven't won many championships, obviously, but you know consistently. I'm talking about recently. I mean, what, the last one was, what, 2009? It's kind of 11 years ago, 12 years ago. But they're always in the thick of it. This is Somebody put out the stat on how many Eastern Conference finals they've gotten to um, over the last decade or so. So they're right there. It's, you know, you want to win championships, obviously. And, of course, the Boston Celtics have won their fair share of championships. But, man, just being there, when you you look at what the alternative might be, and the Lakers are, are in that position right now, You'd rather be where the Celtics are, and they're consistently there. That said, I think that the Magic 
or excuse me, the uh, Heat will beat the Celtics, and I and I think that the Warriors are going to beat the uh, Mavericks, unless the role players for Dallas just play out of their minds, kind of like they did um, the last couple of nights, and specifically yesterday. Boy, that was just <laughs> a beatdown. I and I got to ask you this other one last question, real quick, Damon. And I was starting to think about this last night. When was the last time the Phoenix Suns, especially this? Um, a version of the Phoenix Suns. When were when were when was the last time they ever had to be? They were the favorite, and all the pressure was on them. Like like really? If you mean this version of yeah. the Suns, never. Yeah, like and this team here, they basically last year was the first year of being good. Exactly because they were the team in the bubble that everybody made the scuttle. But they won every game in the bubble. What's the point of of getting invited to the bubble? <laughs> if that doesn't get you someplace, yeah, <laughs> I guess it is. A but it concern. was it, it was ended up being their. The that was the jump, yeah, that was the jumping off point. There. Yes. You could tell that there was something bubbling when they got bounced from the bubble. Right. And then you got Chris Paul make it to the finals. But, but yeah, this window has been extremely small. It's only a two-year sample. But, no, they, they have never – this was the year where everyone was looking at them. They were the hunted. Yes. Because they were the first-place team for all, this, all the regular So, season. in other words, all the pressure was on them yesterday in a must-win situation. And I'm always fascinated by how – Teams respond to that responsibility. And I, was it a bad night, Damon, or is this who they are? I mean, this is going to take a little while for them to rebound from, I think, mentally, because that was just an epic collapse. I don't think it was just a bad night. That's an epic bad night. Yeah, That's one of the worst nights a team could ever have. But bounce back, there is no bounce back because now this coming off season, does DeAndre Aiden, does he get the max? Does he deserve it? I believe so, yes. Because sometimes you have to look at the numbers. Is this player producing? Not so much do you value big man or like, is he eligible? Is he contributing? Like, like, could you look at him almost? Because, and and I say that because where the Suns are right now, um, like, like if you were, if you were, if you were. 33 and whatever, you know, 40, 41 and 41, and you can't live without them, and you're 41 and 41, you could probably live without them. But at six, where they are, and with championships being at stake, can they win a championship if they let him walk? I mean, we, we don't even know if they could win a championship yeah, we with we him. Yeah, we don't know if they can win a but championship certainly with not with him, right? So they almost are backed into a corner where they have to give him the max almost? Yes, I believe so, but I do think that their window, like sometimes teams, they, you don't know when it's over. But I do think that they only had this two-season window because Chris Paul, as bright as a shot, as star as that he was, you know, but I think that star is dwindling for Chris Paul because he's going to be 38 next season, and I do think that his time is up. We saw in this seat, in this series here where it may be injury, oh, maybe now he's like, there was a left quad injury that we didn't know about. It's always been something with him. There's, yeah, there's always something. And that ain't getting better at 37 years old. Exactly. And here's the other part of that. I think John Morant and Memphis is coming. That train is coming. We saw that train coming this year. And had John Morant stayed healthy, I think they beat. They ended up beating the Warriors, all right? You know who else might be coming? And it'll be interesting if Zion Williamson could ever get on the court. But you put Zion Williamson, like a healthy, effective Zion, and, and we've kind of forgotten about him. And sort of that kind of happened with um, Joel uh, Embiid. Uh, you know, early in his career, he couldn't play for the first couple of years. Remember, he had a foot injury, so you kind of out of thought, 
out of mind, out of sight, out of mind. And then all of a sudden he came back and he was a difference maker. It hasn't translated into any championships, but he made a big difference. I think they've done wrong by him uh, in Philadelphia, and especially now. They should have kept Jimmy Butler. Why do you, I mean, in retrospect, that's the player you keep. And Ben Simmons is the guy that some, you know, they, they should have traded him away earlier, but um, I, I, I digress. I think that Zion with the Pelicans, if he's, as good as we think he is, and he can just stay healthy, that's a team that I think people are going to have to contend with, too. Yeah, I don't buy it. On, in which I, end? I, I don't you have to it. see it. I don't see it. You, you, don't, you don't buy Zion? Yeah, I do not buy Zion. I'm not buying into the Zion hype. He hasn't been healthy. Also, does he want to be in New Orleans long term? I'm thinking that I, all the signs are pointing to no. I'm wondering I don't think every, you know, if everything that happened last year. The media isn't always lying on people. I feel like players always want to pit it. Oh, the media, you guys are making that right. up. You know, where you could see it like, I don't want to trade. Oh, what makes you think I want to trade? You know what happened? That player's getting traded. But We always see these. But the media isn't lying on everybody. No, no, no. Of course not. Of course not. I know how that works, too. So I, I could tell you, of course not. Um, but. Sometimes minds can be changed, and I'm wondering if you're Zion Williamson and you're looking at the crew that you have there in New Orleans and you're thinking, you know, it's not the worst situation, at least for the next, you know, three years or so. He'd still be a young man after maybe that first max that that he would sign um, and just give it a chance to see how – because I think, obviously, Memphis is going to be coming. Dallas, if they can can just build – the, a, a good team around who they've got, they're going to be around for a little while. And I, my, my, the whole point of what we're talking about here is what you're talking about. The window for Phoenix be, between how old Chris Paul is right now, and uh, you know what, what the, the window closing for them, and the windows that are opening elsewhere. I could even throw. Minnesota has some work to do, but they've got some good young players over there as well, you know, so that could be a team uh, to keep an eye on. So, uh, you know, just a a bad night for the Suns, a bad series for the Suns. They played with fire by um, not taking care of business against Dallas when they had the chance. You're up 2-0. You have to close that out. Get that player and that team uh, out of town and go move on in the series, but they played with a little bit of fire uh, and they got burnt. So uh, a lot to talk about with the NBA, obviously a lot to talk about uh, with the Raiders. And we're going to talk to some people um, about the Raiders uh, today at five o'clock. we got Brody Miller. He covers the LSU Tigers for the athletic. He's going to come in uh, to the huddle and talk about Raiders rookie defensive tackle, Neil Farrell, who um, listening to some people talking to some people, uh, you know, this is a player that could, carve out a role for himself earlier uh, rather than than later. I'm not saying he's going to be a star player or anything like that, but at that point in the draft, can he come in and contribute to a to a winning situation? And I wouldn't be surprised if Neil Farrell um, is that kind of a guy. He's, he's an ascending player who got better and better and better over his career at LSU, and maybe he's uh, ready and primed uh, to be somebody that the Raiders can, can lean on in a rotational basis uh, as early as this year. Um, and 5.30, we got Ryan uh, Sakamoto from the uh, Beast Writer newsletter. He wrote a nice piece, a couple of nice pieces about the Raiders and about the trade, um, the recent trade uh, for, for Jarrett Sidham. Uh, also, kind of what Dave Ziegler, the Raiders general manager, what he prioritizes, uh, what he looks for uh, in players as they go about building this team. And then, of course, got to ask um, the listeners and, and, and fans, I don't know if you caught Brandon Bolden's tweet this weekend. Demon, did you happen to see what Brandon, the Raiders running back, tweeted? Did not. Okay. So he was like, it was one of those, um, 
just thinking about what's to come and a uh, image of Willy Wonka from, um, you know, uh, uh, the Willy Wonka, the chocolate factory, saying the suspense is terrible. I hope it lasts. <laughs> All right. So obviously something's coming, you know, and I we don't know if it's Raiders related. Uh, we don't know if it's just something that's going on. Maybe he's getting ready to pop the question to his girlfriend to get married. I don't know. Maybe he's already married. Anyway, um, he was teasing something. Damon, Brandon Bolden was teasing something, and I have to believe, I have an inkling that it might have to do some, uh, with something uh, Raiders related. So, is there a big move coming or just a move coming that is significant enough that Brandon Bolden, the Raiders' new running back, is as curious and uh, anticipating as Raider Nation uh, might or should uh, be? So, we want your thoughts. 702-365-9200. What could Brandon Bolden be talking about um, one one thing that I will rule out right now because uh, I heard some scuttlebutt about this uh, in Dominican Sue, Dominican Sue, perhaps being a Raider. You could check that one off the list. I'm just uh, I'm just saying uh, nothing against Sue, but I don't think there's a fit here. Uh, also, I don't think he's the best in a in a three four defense. Um, regardless, so uh, that's something that I would just say, nah, that's probably not going to happen. However. The James Bradbury situation continues to linger, and no news, as we've talked about uh, for the last week or so, no news is good news um, for the Raiders because it could mean, and we've talked about this as well, that maybe James Bradbury is biding his time until everyone who has any money coming or uh, or salary cap space coming uh, post-June 1st, and the Raiders are among them. They have $20 million of space coming off the books here pretty soon. Um and th- those teams, the Raiders included, will be in a much b- better position to be able to offer uh, James Bradbury something close to what he wants or, or better than maybe some of the offers are getting. So is he waiting out the June 1st uh, designation for some contracts to come off the books by the Raiders or maybe even somebody else before he makes an ultimate decision on where he's going? I think it would behoove, uh, Devon, I think it would behoove. James Bradbury to just wait because I think the Raiders have a lot to offer. You know, they'll have more money, obviously, to offer at that point. But I think this is a good situation for him, too. Yeah. And I've been saying this all along where he's been waiting all offseason, essentially. So it's not going to hurt him a few more weeks for June 1st and see what's out there. Yeah. See what the offer is going to be. Right. His agents, I'm sure they're advising him well because there's not going to be any difference where if he were to sign a contract with someone on May 16th, as opposed to June 1st, because, like you said, more teams are going to be available right. to offer him that money. And who knows what that Raider deal may be? Might be a very competitive offer. Yes, and um, and also, when you look at the situation here uh, with the Raiders, if you're a cornerback, Damon Cotton, I'm going to ask you to put your Jalen Ramsey uh, helmet on. Um, we love Jalen uh, here, yeah, uh, one we- of the great characters, and a Tennessee kid. He's from Nashville. So he's got to be right up your uh, alley. I like Jalen. Very interesting dude to cover in a lot of ways. But anyway, so if you're Jalen Ramsey, okay, uh, if you're thinking along the lines of a cornerback and you look at what the Raiders have in front, up front, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, guys that can get to the quarterback. What does that do for you as a cornerback? Doesn't that? Hold on. Why am I thinking about Jalen Ramsey in this because situation? Because I'm just though? saying, like your cornerback. I he to me, he's the best cornerback in the NFL. So I'm saying, put your cornerback hat on and 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 look at it through the lens of let's say a Jalen Ramsey. Like 
Because you, you, you don't. Let me tell you this right now. Jalen Ramsey would tell you right now that playing behind Aaron Donald has helped. Even though he was really good to begin with, he's even better with a guy like that getting after the quarterback. That's what creates, you know, flailing passes or rushed throws. It just it's it's a marriage between the pass rush and what you do behind that pass rush. So if you're a cornerback, you'd want to play on a team that can get to the quarterback more so than a team that can't get to the quarterback, correct? Of course. So, But I do think that, yeah, as you, if you want to say those two edges that the Raiders have this upcoming season, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, yes. for me as a corner, yes, if I'm looking at you – Situations. Yes, the yeah, situations exactly. that come into this, this Raider organization here, and you see what's up front, yeah, you're going to be licking your trousers because that pressure is probably going to lead to a couple of interceptions That's for you. That's what I'm saying. And even if James Bradbury – were to sign a one-year deal, let's just say, hey, uh, I'm not getting exactly what I want and think that I'm worth right now. Um, however, I'm going to go to the best possible position to our situation in terms of potentially winning and potentially um, you know, complementing what I do on the back end. I'm going to go to a situation that's going to put me in a really good position, Demon Cotton, to have a good season and then go remarket myself next year um, when if you put together a really good season as a 28, 29-year-old uh, player still right there in his prime that maybe he, uh, you know he's able to go out on the open market next year in a much stronger position, especially uh, earlier in free agency because he missed out on that. Go ahead, Devon. I was just going to say that I don't think that the Raiders, I wouldn't want another one-year rental. You saw that last season with Casey Hayward, and it worked out well. But eventually, you got to have your number one corner that you're going to say, hey, this is our lockdown guy. Yeah, and that it could be that could also um, work into the Raiders' advantage, too, because they'll be in a better position next offseason to potentially sign him to maybe a multi-year deal. I mean, if you're the Raiders, you probably would love to have him on a two-year deal or a three-year deal. Uh, but if you're if you're James Bradbury, you might be saying, no, I'd, I'd, I'd rather go on. the." And it, if you're the Raiders, you would take that deal still, the one-year deal. Hope that he loves it here. You have the advantage of being able to ne- negotiate with him before he gets to free agency. We're going to talk about uh, all of that, and uh, we want your calls. Um, and looking forward to talking about some NBA and uh, some new young Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM.
over the last three or so games against the Dallas Mavericks. So they have to, um, those guys have to come to play. And I don't know if they can. And here's the other thing. I think Draymond Green is going to be matched up with um, Luka quite a bit. I think there's more defensive ways that the uh, that the, that the Warriors can deal with Luka that the Suns had no tools in their toolbox uh, to be able to do. So I think the and I think the DNA of the Warriors is completely different than the Suns. We talked last night about, or just a while ago in the first segment, about how the Suns have never been in a situation like they were in last year, where all the pressure was on them. They got to deliver. Uh, and they responded like a team that had never been in that situation before, epically so. The Warriors have been there, done that. There's nothing that's going to happen in this series that they haven't either seen or dealt with. Uh, over the years. And I think that that combination is going to be a little bit too much for Luka and, and for the Mavericks. So definitely call overturned. Oh, so you think that you think that the Warriors have better options on the defensive end to contain Luka than the Suns did? I th- yes, I, I do. Because I, I thought that the Suns, like the guys didn't come up to play. But I do think that their wings, you got Bridges, you got Johnson, got Jay Crowder. I thought that they had the better wings to defend Luka. Because who on this Warriors team? Draymond Green. Oh, okay. I see him more as just like a a roamer, maybe post defender. But do you think he's going to put I, the clamps on Luca? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I mean, he's going to get his. He's going to get. You don't yes, stop the great scoring. Of, course, scoring, of yes. course, but I think that he's going to be able to. I, Draymond is so smart and so savvy uh, and so nuanced as a basketball player that I think that there's going to be some tricks that he's got up his sleeve, whether it's bodying up, being physical with. Um, like I don't. When I look at the Suns, you know, you, you mentioned some good wings and, and some decent wing defenders, but I don't know if they are playoff caliber, like tough, have to be, you know, when, you, when you're getting up in on somebody, when you're, when you're getting in their head a little bit, uh, when you're being a little bit physical. Draymond has all those tricks, and, there's, and, and I think that also, um, you know, with Mike Brown as sort of their defensive specialist, uh, in Golden State, they'll figure out ways to team defend him too, maybe better than what the Suns were doing uh, as well. So I think that they're going to be able to slow him down a little bit more. He's going to get his, there's no doubt about it. Um, and I also think that I can't sit here and say that those role players are going to respond the way they did these last couple of games. If they do, then the Warriors might be in trouble. But if they don't, and I, and I suspect they're not going to be able to do it for four wins, let's put it that way. Uh, and I think advantage goes to the Warriors as a result. All right, Vinny, and let's move on because there was someone. I want to play a little sound for you today because a star was born today off of Phoenix losing <laughs> oh, to the Dallas Mavericks. Patrick Beverly yes. got to make the rounds today, and he put on a master class in Hayden. Let's hear a little oh, bit yeah. of Patrick Beverly. Ain't nobody worried about Chris Paul when we play Phoenix Suns. Nobody in the NBA. Well, what did I just say, though? And I'm just letting you know how NBA players feel and I, think. I, I, I believe you, but what I'm saying he's is. But that's the game to a point where he's he, he gets all the petty calls, all the swipe-throughs at the end. I mean, this guy is out, man. We're going to be honest? We want to be really honest? Yes. He should have fouled out. He should have fouled out. The last game, too. You see the replay against Bronson. Hit him on the shoulder. Hit him in the mouth. Ref don't call anything. If that's me, oh, review it. Oh, flagrant one. If that's him, they don't call it. So let's not get it twisted, man. He should have fouled out. He can't guard. He literally can't guard. He can't guard. Yeah. He, he, he can't. Chris Paul can't guard anybody? Is that what you say? I, 
Did you see that? No, he can't. Everyone knows that. Excuse me, excuse me. No, no, no. I don't know that. I haven't heard anybody tell me that. You, yeah, because you haven't suited up. You know, guys don't like to tell you all the truth. You know that. Because they scared. They scared. They scared what you're going to take with it. No, 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 no. He's you know, right me, about that. They will, I, they will lie. Yeah, he will, he's honest. They will lie. They that is true. He's not lying about man, that. Man, CP can't guard nobody, man. Everybody in the NBA know that. Guard, everybody can't know guard that. anybody. What we call them? Cone. You know what you do with cones? Like when in the summertime, you got a cone. You make a move. What does the cone do? Stay still. Exactly. Yeah. He's a cone. Stop playing, man. Everybody that knows right. that. Everyone knows that. It's just y'all don't want to accept it. because no, I don't accept that. I, I don't. Have, no, no, no. I'm saying, again, if you're taller than them, you see, you can shoot over him, obviously. That's but an give issue. him the but Ben Simmons slander. Give him the PG-13 Give him the slander that you give everybody. Come on, Steve. I could go on and on with that. All right, Vinny. So with that being said, I mean, Patrick Beverly had a lot to say about Chris Paul's play there. Does the call stand that Pat Beverly has the NBA bona fides to talk that talk about Chris Paul like that? Is he allowed to talk about Chris Paul like that? Does the call stand that Pat Beverly isn't the same level to talk about Chris Paul like that? Call overturned. After further review, the player disqualification is reversed. And it goes so far that Matt Barnes went yes. on TV, and I've got the sound of that I, if we you want to hear, hear this. it as well, yes. because Matt Barnes even had to say a pipe down a little bit. Bob's <laughs> going to take a lot of the blame. As Ramona said, and as Chris knows, he didn't play well from games three to seven. He played terrible, and he'll tell you that. But what I want to touch on real quick, RJ, is the disrespect I saw from Pat Beverly earlier today. You know, as, as, as reporters, you know, as part of the media, we have a job to be critical. But I think there's a, a thin line between being critical and disrespecting. And I feel like what Pat Beverly did today to Chris Paul was completely disrespectful and out of the line. And Pat Beverly's talking like he's that guy. You're not that guy. Plain and simple. Chris Paul played terrible this year, and his numbers are still better than your career numbers have ever been. So I just think you have to understand, Chris is a 12-time All-Star. He played terrible. First time, all defense nine times, seven times first team all defense. He'll be a Hall of Famer. Pat Bev and I were similar type role players. They don't talk about us when we go. They're going to talk about CP3 when he's done. And I just think the disrespect we saw earlier today on the ESPN show need to be checked because he was way out of pocket. Yeah, no, he, 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 you know that there's energy between those two. Like we've seen, we've seen the push in the back. We know about all that. And yeah, sometimes when you're in this position, it can be difficult to separate professionalism versus competitiveness. I mean, all he needed was the red clown nose because he was out there talking like a clown today. And I just think to me, again, the CP is a legend in this game. You know, again, we were role players in this game. So have some respect for guys. He did play terrible. He'd be the first one to tell you. But the shots that, that Bev took today were just out of pocket. I know no one else is going to tell him that, so I'm going to tell him that. Love Matt Barnes. Uh, fellow Sicilian, by the way. I'm half Sicilian. He's half Sicilian. And you know what? He was speaking some truth right there. Yeah, Patrick Beverly, I, res- I have all the respect in the world for Patrick Beverly, the career that he's carved out for himself, the role that he plays. But for him to be the uh, the, the rally crier, uh, talking that about Chris Paul, and Chris Paul ha- obviously has his own issues. He's what was that the fifth time he's been on a team that blew a two zero lead? Five times he's been on teams that were two and zero in the playoffs and they didn't win. So he's got his own little thing going on. But he's he's way 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 uh, above a, a guy like Patrick Beverly. And I, here's my thing: I think. I think Chris Paul, and I think we're going to find this out if we haven't already. I don't think he was completely healthy, and that's not unusual. It's one of the issues that he's had throughout his career, whether he was young Chris Paul, middle-aged Chris Paul, or a little bit older now Chris Paul uh, in the NBA. So uh, what we saw of him, especially those last three games, whatever 
physical deal he was dealing with um, really, I thought, locked him up because there's no way you go from the numbers that he had to what he ended up being having in those last three games without something going on. He was missing open shots, Devon. It wasn't like dudes were defending him and you know getting in his face. He was just missing shots that he normally makes. Um, so, yes, the call is overturned. I don't think Patrick Beverly, he, to me, not that he crossed the line. It is what it is, and it's all fun and entertainment. Uh, but, I, but I think it was a little bit disrespectful coming from a player of his caliber. All right, and that'll just about do it for today's edition of Does the Call Stand or Is It Overturned? And you are in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Damon Cotton. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Monday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Going to go out to the Raider Nation Radio or Raider Nation. By the way, everyone, it's your time to buy or sell a home. And Realty One Group wants to be the ones to be part of your story. Yes, the housing market's hectic, but it's still a great time to sell and even buy the home of your dreams. You'll need a hardworking real estate professional to get it done, though, and they've got you covered. They know the market, they know the neighborhoods, they know the transactions, and they know they can do this for you. Realty One Group was founded in Las Vegas and has been their home for more than 11 years. They've been opening doors for their clients and opening doors for real estate professionals to live better lives. They are also proud to give back to their community, donating their time and resources to make an impact, whether you are selling or buying a home. Call Realty One Group today at 888-461-0101. Devon, uh, been talking about the cryptic tweet by Brandon Bolden uh, over the weekend and just trying to kind of figure out what might be uh, coming. And I guess at this point, you know, if you're looking at the Raiders and if you're looking at where the Raiders need to turn to, Uh, to get things buttoned up as much as they possibly can going into uh, a season with high expectations, a season um, if things break right, some special things can happen. Um, And and this window, I think, is is, is wide open uh, for this team. And when you're in that position, I mean, this goes without saying, no matter what position, whatever your situation is, you know, once it comes down to it, you're trying to build the best possible roster uh, to deal with the season that is approaching. And I think in the Raiders case, uh, where they are and their stature right now and how they're being talked about and how I think they view themselves and the very realistic high goals uh, that are out there for them, um, it, it, it behooves them to be as strong and buttoned up as possible uh, to, to deal with that and to to maximize this opportunity. Let's put it that way. So, Demond, if you're if you're looking at this roster right now, where are you looking at this moment to say we let's you know this needs just a little bit more buttoning up right now? Cornerback and right tackle. I think that. That James Bradbury all let the hype uh, surrounding the Raider fans of should the team sign him, I think it's warranted because I do think that this roster still does not have a number, a surefire number one going into the season. Rocky Asin, he could be that guy, but he would have to prove it. I think that if James Bradbury was added to this roster, that would be the 
hey, that's the number one, and then Yassin could be the two, because as we've seen so far with Trayvon Mullen, he's having he's had foot surgery this past yeah. offseason. We don't know what he's going to be like when it comes to week one. Is he going to be even healthy by then? All, prayer, all prayers out to him and hope so, yeah. that he'll be back of and course. healthy by week one, but we just don't know so far. Yeah, and, and it very well could be that, that he's going to be perfectly fine at some point, whether it's to start training camp or a little bit further into it. Uh, but but right now, given you know um, the the surgery that he that he underwent, there's there's no other responsible thing to do but kind of put a little bit of a question mark. Now I think the Raiders in their building know whether that's a question mark in bold ink or maybe a couple of question marks or just a subtle question mark like um, feel pretty good about it, but you know still have to wait and see. But even nevertheless. I still I'm, I'm with you. Even with a healthy Rocky Yassin and a healthy Trayvon Mullen, I still think that bringing in one more guy uh, of a James Bradbury uh, caliber would be something that uh, I think that the Raiders should at least consider. I know that they are definitely uh, considering him. There's no question about that. Uh, whether um, you know they. Uh, look at him in terms of the value and the money and whether that's enough to uh, to entice him to come out here and, and meet whatever his demands are. That remains to be seen. Uh, but as we talked about earlier, if you're James Bradbury, and, and the fact of the matter is, wherever you look, if you're James Bradbury, money is at a uh, premium. You know, it's not, it's, it's, it's not the beginning of free agency. This is where, you know, you talked about how he's been patient for the last couple of weeks or not even the weeks, months, really. In a lot of ways, he was actually in limbo. And because it was obvious that the that the Giants were either going to trade him or cut him. And all that time lost for James Bradbury as the Giants tried to figure out what they were going to do really cost him because had they just released him at the very beginning of free agency where everyone has all their money, you know, they did all that work to get themselves as far under the salary cap as possible uh, to go into that market where there's multiple teams with, you know, uh, ample money. That's the ideal situation. In, in fact, and what happened for James Bradbury was, the Giants just released him, what, last week or, you know, maybe just a little bit over a week ago where all that free agency money has, for the most part, dried up, especially among the teams that um, if you're if you're in his shoes, you'd want to go play for number one or number two. Like if you're a team that's kind of middling around right now or or at the beginning stage or maybe the halfway stage or the third of the way through on your rebuild, I'm not so sure you want to devote a whole lot of money to a James Bradbury at this point. You know, it's like, oh, it would be great to have James Bradbury for any team, but is that money well spent for a team that's trying to put things together? Okay, so between him wanting to go to a probably a winner, and if I'm him, that's what I would want to do, and teams that have a lot of money that might not be in that winning um, uh, window – and don't really have a need to go spend a lot of money on a cornerback, uh, that's that's sort of a double-edged sword for him. So uh, the opportunities to make a lot of money probably aren't there, Devon, is what I'm saying. Yeah, his market, even though that we think that he's going to fetch a, penny, a pretty penny, I don't think that there are going to be a lot of teams inquiring about his services. Um well, unless it's like really on a team friendly deal, right? And, um, yes. right. And, and so, uh, and, and think of it this way nobody traded for him 
at but $13 I think that was million. Dollars. Well, I mean, it is if you're thinking it isn't if you're thinking if you're thinking opposite of what you're thinking, which I think you have the right way to think about it. Because if, if you're a team that felt like there's going to be a strong market for him if he gets released, why not beat everybody to the punch by just going and get the player and trading for him and taking on his $13 million salary? Whereas what ha- actually happened was I think a lot of teams just said, A, we don't want him. We're not interested right now, not where we are on our, on our window. B, we're not going to give him that much. C, at that point, the money wasn't even there for a lot of teams to compete at that level. Uh, so I think what I'm, my bottom line is this. If you're James Bradbury, I think situation is going to trump the money at this point. And that's why I think, it, you know, if you could get a two- or three-year deal with, you know, $25, $30 million guaranteed, that would be great. And that's something that he should absolutely consider if somebody is offering that. I'm not so sure that he's going to be able to market that kind of a market so Go for a year and then go back out in the open market next year and maybe and go to a winning team with a pretty good defense and a pretty good pass rush. And maybe that's the Raiders. Uh, that's that actually is the Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bowder, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday. Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news. All TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.